We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. This town is only big enough for one balding, patchy bearded, tired eyes, bags the size of suitcases under those eyes, overweight, but really only in the gut man. And that man is me. And coach Mike Budenholzer. Still call him coach, but he's not the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Hello, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. Coach Mike Budenholzer has been fired from the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think it's too shocking. I think we thought it would happen. Could it have happened sooner? Does it matter? I, I, don't, I mean, in terms of like this offseason, it happened when it happened. Peter Fagan and John Horst co-signing this note. Dear Bucks fans, today we announced that the Bucks have parted ways with head coach Mike Budenholzer. Difficult decision, but helped lead our team for five incredible seasons to the Bucks' first title in 50 years into an era of sustained success. We're grateful for the culture of winning and leadership that he helped create in Milwaukee. It's an opportunity for us to refocus and re-energize our efforts as we continue building towards our next championship season. Uh, as far as Bud losing his job, I think that you never root for anybody to lose their job. But in terms of if your goal is winning a championship, then Coach Bud needed to be fired. A new direction needs to be made. On this episode, I'll be talking with Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast. Ty and I actually talked at 10 a.m. on Thursday. Bud was fired at 5.30. And so I'm like, oh, no, is my whole conversation with Ty bankrupt? Can I not air it? And then I listened to most of it back and in no situation during it did we think bud was going to be the coach next year in fact we name guys who should i mean there's, there's no difference i could talk to ty right now whenever you're listening to this and have pretty much the same conversation so i'm not going to edit it at all if there's anything that says oh bud should get fired or whatever i mean you know you know you know that he got fired but it was a good conversation i don't want to hack it if i don't need to it's a waste of everybody's time and we already assumed that Bud was getting fired. We assume that there's more things to happen. And now that'll be the interesting pivot point. Is that it? Fire the coach, bring the team back, or fire the coach, and as the Bucks say in their release, refocus and re-energize. I think what the Bucks did when, and I remember John Horst saying this at the little powwow they had outside of the, whatever it's called, Deer District, Remember, it was on Fox Sports Wisconsin at the time, and he got fined $50,000 because he said he wanted to resign his own guy. But he said, my goal, I need to bring Giannis back. That is why I'm here. And I think the Bucks, when they hired Mike Budenholzer, that was their goal. Their goal was retain Giannis and win a title. That's it. Everything we're going to do is going to focus to that moment. We're going to re-sign him. We're going to win a title, whatever it takes. And they did it. They got to their destination. But, like, if you want to drive somewhere on a road trip and you get to your destination and then you're like, well, where to next? I don't know. Where, where to next? You got to start over. You got to figure out a new route. You got to figure out, you know, the new players, the new stops, new hotel. You got to figure out everything's new. 
And I and you can go with the same crew. You can go with the same setup. You can go with the same car. Or maybe you have to off-road a little bit. Maybe the terrain's a little different. Maybe it's farther. You have to, you know, stay at night or drive through, whatever. The point is they had a destination and they got to it. And everybody that was a part of that should be celebrated until this franchise ceases to exist. I don't think you're going to have too many Bucks fans that are going to speak super poorly about coach Mike Budenholzer. Yes, this could have been different. Yes, this could have been different adjustments, whatever. But the man was responsible in part for bringing a championship to Milwaukee. And we will always be grateful of that. And now it's time to move on. And that is fine. That's fine. Sometimes it's time to move on. And that is fine. So they are going to move on. The next step is to hire a head coach. I don't know who it's going to be. I'd like to plant my flag down and say, I don't want Nick nurse. So the bucks lose to Toronto and I don't like Nick nurse. I don't like that. He wears glasses when he can see, I don't like that. He wears the NN caps. Um, you know, it's one thing if you get an NN personalized cap, but to wear it all the time is a little weird. Plus like Nick NN, you look at NN, even though it's Nick nurse, you don't automatically think the NN stands for Nick nurse. He's not like, you know, it's not like, it's not like Michael Jordan wearing MJ. It's a, it's a guy named Nick wearing NN. I mean, you could give me five guesses. I wouldn't know what that's NN. No, night, night, uh, night, night. You know, I don't No, man. It's Nick nurse. That's my name. Oh, why'd you get that? So yes, there are things about him that I don't like. I think that if you want to say Bud coasted Giannis to a title, you can say that Nurse coasted Kawhi to a title. Oh, but what great defense they ran on Steph Curry. The box and one. Oh, you mean the three-point shooter that's the best ever to do it? Cover him right away when he has no one to pass to because the rest of the team is hurt? That's a seventh-grade move. He just, he just coached what a seventh-grade coach would do. That's it. Maybe he's the coach. Maybe he's the coach and he comes here. And maybe I'm wrong. God, people love when I'm wrong. Someone was cocking off to me on Twitter. I said, I don't want Nick Nurse. Oh, yeah, Mr. Everything Knows About the Bucks. You said they'd beat Miami. Oh, sorry that I was the one. <laughs> sorry, sir. Sorry I was confident that the number one seeded Bucks with Giannis Adenacumpo would beat the eighth seed. God, how fucking stupid am I? All my opinions going forward are invalid. I'll never, I'll never speak again. How wrong was I? It's not like I'm up on the top of the hill saying, there's an asteroid that's coming today. I'm not, number one seed is number eight seed. Fucking moron. Should I call people names? I think I'm just identifying him correctly. The guy that told me that is a, is a fucking moron. It's more of a gut feeling. I just don't want nurse. And we'll talk about this a little bit more with Ty. There's a lot of names that are getting thrown out there. We don't know who's the best. We don't know what they'll do. But I got to have a hot take. So mine is I don't want Nick Nurse. That's my hot take. So where do the Bucks go from here? We do get into some coaching suggestions. Again, tape this beforehand, but it does not matter at all. I promise you it doesn't. Ty Windish coming up in just a minute. Day four of no drinky for Barty. I have some mood swings. I'm not going sober forever. I just, you know, I'm, I'm taking a May off. It's not, it's not it, it, will it help me? Lie? I'll probably be boozing so hard in June again anyway, but I'm taking a May off. But this world's too much for me. So I like to escape a little bit. Happy Place Hemp helps me do that. And it helps me sleep. And they've got THC uh, gummies, THC free gummies that, Help you focus, maybe sharpen you up. I'll take one of those before I watch Guardians today. Oh, yeah, it's Guardians of the Galaxy three day. And so I can be locked in on the screen. But they've got a bunch of different gummies. I really would recommend the sampler pack. If you've been with the show and you've heard me talk about Happy Place Hemp and you've yet to even try any of them, I would recommend the sampler pack. What's great is they'll send that to your house. There's little white boxes they send them in. And it's 25% off your order with the promo code BART. And then when you realize what you like or what you think works, then you can buy a bigger item and you still get the code. 
So you buy what you like and you still get the code. Happy Place Hemp, promo code BART. I am working on doing some more live shows. And I think what I want to do, because I really miss jumping on here three, four times a week and talking to you guys and just getting bonkers about it. I don't know that I could do the non-drinking month if the Bucks were still playing. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm pivoting. I'm refocusing my energy a little bit. My plan is to go live the next three Mondays and really any Monday that I can throughout the summer. So I want, I'll go live on Mondays after Brewer games. It won't necessarily be a Brewer post game show, but if people are watching the Brewer game, we'll get together, we can hang out. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Maybe it's a disaster and then I'll stop doing them. But my plan is lives on Mondays after Brewer games starting on Monday. Also, after the NBA Finals, no matter who it is, I would like to do lives after those games. I think that we have a bunch of people who've been watching basketball pretty steadily throughout the year, that that would be a fun place to gather and talk after the NBA Finals games. And I'm going to be watching them anyway, and I won't want to record anything until after, so we might as well do it live. So I'm going to try to do lives on the Dan Shaney insurance stream, danshaney.com. Oh, I got some sweet Dan Shaney swag. I'll have to show you that next time uh, I pop on a video. I got some Dan. I got a Dan Shaney koozie. I got a Dan Shaney folder. DanShaney.com. S-C-H-A-N-I.com. He'll help you with your insurance. So lives Mondays after Brewer games. I don't think they play on Memorial Day, so I'll take that day off anyway. Um but that's what I'll plan. Mondays after Brewer Games lives this summer, unless I get called up to the big leagues and house for Gelb, which I will be doing tonight, Friday, the 5th, to celebrate Winko de Mayo and uh, after the NBA Finals. I'm going to try to do that there as well after those games. Ty Windish coming up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm still doing the thing where when the Heat and Knicks are playing, I'm still doing like, well, this would be game two. Well, this would be game three. And I would be, I would be uh, watching the game right now. I'm talking with Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast, part of the ever-growing and expansive GSPN network of pods. Ty, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. A weird turn of events. I, I think I don't know exactly why. I don't know if it's just a begrudging respect. I don't know if it's a uh, oh, it'll oh, make no, the no, Bucks no. look better. No, thing. no, 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 no. I'm 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 enjoying the Heat playoff run. I'm I don't understand. <laughs> I don't either. I never expected this. I've never done this before. Like it, I wasn't like, oh yeah, go Raptors or go Celtics. When when what are, what are, what are you what are you enjoying? I, I just I think it's funny that there were like Knicks fan. I picked the Heat to win. I think in six this round. I pick all the series, and the Knicks fans were like, no, and other other fans are like, no, the Bucks just suck, right? Like they just don't know how to scheme. These guys aren't going to keep shooting like this, and now they are. And at a certain point, I'm just like, you know what? If it's going to be like these 15 undrafted guys and Haywood Highsmith playing, and Jimmy's not even in there, and they almost beat the Knicks in the Garden. I, there's something about this team where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like them. I've got to respect them. I'd rather they come out of the East than anybody else. That's for sure. I think what this 
Is this Stockholm syndrome? Me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think what it did for me it was it reminded me that the hate that I've had for the Celtics the last few years it's mm-hmm. real. I mean, I hate yes, them, but it's it's the Heat. The team I hate really? the most is the Heat. That's fair. And so I got like reignited with that this year. I just like everyone talks about Heat culture, which is just a phrase. It does. There's no such thing. It's not a thing. It's no, there's nothing to it. I don't like them. It's I don't been a like good year these... for heat culture. It's been a good year for their, which I've called it a, a BS ideology as well. I just, I, I hate these guys. Yeah. I hate them. I just, I, I don't like them. Uh, and I'm petty. And I also, you know, that's how I am. I, when the team beats me, I want them to suffer the same amount of pain as, as I felt. So with that being said, I'm rooting for the Sixers in that series, even though I know it's hard to I can't do it. Yeah. Root for Embiid <laughs> slipping on. He, he's the one guy that plays uh, on a basketball court like he's on a hockey rink falling the all over the place. Game one without him. They got to like like a minute left in the first first half with no free throws. And I was like, basketball is utopia without Joel Embiid. We have proof now, even in a game with James Harden and the Celtics. Yeah, there were two free throws, I think, in that whole first half. Yeah. Both for Boston, and each team shot – I mean, Boston shot like 78% in that first half. So, you know, the East sucks, and I hate yeah. it and, and everything. So one of the things that I've been talking about throughout the year – actually, I haven't been talking about it. I've, I've not wanted to talk about mm, is uh-oh. people would come up with different scenarios about the offseason and what would happen with Chris or Drew or Brooke, and I would say – those conversations are for a later day. Why are we doing this now? Why are we talking about why we're, we, we're about to embark on a two month playoff run. Why are we talking about any of this uh, at that point? Well, now is the time to talk about it. And I think if they had gone further, if they had won the championship for sure, but then they would have reached a certain level where I would have said wholeheartedly, look, this is a good core, bring everybody back, uh, do what you have to do, you know, these guys have been great. And now I'm at the point already where, look, I love this team. I, I love I love what they did. They built a really good team to win a championship. Uh, I think Drew was just an incredible trade that they made the, the summer that everybody wanted Chris Paul. Uh, they got yeah. Drew instead, and that was People great. People forget it felt hopeless when Chris Paul went to the Suns. It was like, oh, there's no other guard up, up upgrade out there. They, what are they going to do now? And then you wake up to Drew Holiday one day. And it's like, oh, I guess I'll do that. That works. And Bogdanovich, and then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. didn't wake up to him. But they didn't need him. So Middleton, I've always supported Middleton. I've always mm-hmm. been a fan uh, of Middleton. You know, I love Brooke. And I'm saying all this to obviously say that I think they need to pivot. Yeah, I think they need to have a stark pivot and one thing that i would love is for them to get younger which yep. would be impossible but then the other thing is like resign brooke okay sign and trade middleton and maybe trade drew that's kind of where i'm at which sucks i want yeah. to ask you and talk to you about like what are you thinking and then if these things are what they're going to do how i mean how are they going to do it is the question yeah it's it's pretty interesting i think at a certain level, you know, I, I almost think this isn't the worst offseason for the Bucks to potentially have to do this. I, we agree they need to do something, um, even if they make a coaching change, which, you know, I think we'll see on that. Um, obviously, it's a tough time for Coach Bud right now. Um, there's plenty of time to analyze that or to make that move later. But the, I, I don't think a coaching change would be enough, right? Like, I think the way the players executed wasn't good enough. And to your point about needing to get younger... You know, they're, they're, it, we shouldn't probably expect Drew, Chris, and Brooke to all be at the same level or better next year. And from what we saw, they would need to be. Like, they would all need to be better than they were this year. Brooke was great offensively. I, I didn't look at the numbers until we did our, our last playoff, like, stock podcast going through everything. Brooke was uh, amazing offensively. Defensively, the impact wasn't there. I'd say Chris kind of the same. Um, good offensive series, defensively. You know, Brooke wasn't as effective as normal. Chris was a huge problem defensively, and you know that's something that's going to be difficult going forward. Drew was just not as impactful as usual defensively, and offensively kind of killed them after like games one and two. So even if you get like a great offensive-minded coach in there, which I think they kind of have to do, like for our own sanity, as much as the team winning, 
score some points. Like even when they won, well, I mean, all those series would get so grimy and neither team would score because that was all the Bucks could do. Like they'd have yeah. to they'd have to choke you out and then they'd barely score enough to win. Yeah, that was a fun identity. I like the bully ball. I don't think it's sustainable though in the league. Like I think you're going to run into teams that defend you well enough because your offense isn't that good. And then that that feeds into these runs. And I do think most of the time when they lose, it's because they go on these runs where the other team gets hot from the three and the Bucks just can't do anything offensively. And I just think they need to be better at scoring in the playoffs. So uh, a coaching change could potentially help with that. I think a player change could too. You look around the league and the difficult part is, you know, for getting a younger player, it's a little weird. You kind of need to target a team that wants to be good because your assets are not like, you know, the, the Utah Jazz, right? Do they care about Drew Holiday? Probably not. I mean, they want to win games. They're not opposed to it, but they're a young team. They have a bunch of draft picks. Their best players are young. Maybe they would want Drew. I don't know what player they'd have anyway. I'm just using that as an example. Right. You need a team that kind of wants to win if you're shopping Drew and Chris. So I think Atlanta's a little interesting because they floated the Trey Young stuff before the playoffs. He was really good in the playoffs. I don't know if that changes anything. Also, they have an owner's kid in the front office, and that is always like a – like a green arrow, like trade with that team, trade with a team who has the owners. We no longer in the front do office. Yeah, we no, we longer, no longer do. do. Um, that's always a, a good thing, I think, to look for. Um, I, the Rockets apparently floated, or something came out that they would potentially trade Jalen Green for an established star. I think they're looking to get James Harden and then bring in somebody else and just try and win right away. You know, Jalen Green is still a little raw. Certainly the potential is there. I almost wonder, is that too young? Because you want to win with Giannis, and that's like six years younger than Giannis now. Um, too young maybe better than too old. I mean, Giannis is not old yet either. I look at Portland with Anthony Simons over there. Do they really want to win with Dame? Are they looking for an established player to pair? I think they need to make a move. They keep saying all they want to do is help Dame win. I think that's admirable. Or give us Dame. That's fine. That would work too. I mean, that would be the, the that, that would be the home run. But the problem is that caliber of player usually, and maybe Trey is too ambitious for that reason. It's like, okay, four picks and three swaps or whatever. And the Bucks have one pick and no swaps. And with this new CBA, I thought they would have two picks plus their first in 2024 they probably won't be able to trade that farthest away pick in 2024 because of this new rule limiting what they can do. So I, I think you kind of need to look at teams that are looking to take that next step and for some reason have an offensive-minded guard that would flip you. Because I do think that's what, the, I think they need an offensive-minded player. I've also had a friend who covers the Clippers um, podcasts about them, will not stop reaching out to me about um, Drew Holiday for like Paul George and some sort of construction around that. And it's, that's not getting you younger. And there's obviously an injury thing there. And Chris and PG together would be like a nightmare injury season. But if they're healthy at the same time, that certainly raises your offensive upside. So I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall at this point. Would love to hear your thoughts on on any of those that interest you, though. Well, I do think like you know we're they're in this spot where it's like they feel it almost feels like there needs to be a miracle play. Like if they're gonna get better than this. There needs to be a miracle play or really crafty maneuvership from John Horst. And I want to, like, on the record, I am totally fine with that because they won a championship. They win all in, let's say, to win yeah. a championship. It worked. Yeah. They won a championship. And then with that squad, they thought, let's keep this going as long as we can. An injury cost them last year. And then maybe you could say an injury cost them this year. I wouldn't go that far, although. Yeah. I do think like they should have played Giannis and they probably, you know, would admit that now uh, yeah. in game in game. What was a game three. three? Yeah. So, but so I'm not like, you know, people, the, the one thing I don't understand in sports right now is everybody that craps on the LA Rams for being in cap hell. Well, it worked. If they it works, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yeah if it, worked, cap it doesn't hell. matter. They, the goal is the, the championship. So I'm very happy with the, with the title. I just, with looking at, you know, to get another one, if the goal is to get another one with Giannis, I don't think this squad's able to do it. Uh, already they were, you know, they play these teams with these younger wings that run all over them. And then all we keep trading for is Jay Crowder's who we don't play. And Joe Ingles who like, it's been like this for five years. I mean, yeah, they trade for Miritich or yeah. Miritich Toledovic. I mean, just who's old Paul Gasol. PJ. Like, yeah, Goran Dragic could have been Kevin Love. Not that we would have played him, but he at least yeah. wouldn't have been on the Heat. 
So it's yeah. like they keep getting these old guys that, uh, yeah, and the PJ one worked. Yeah. So the one time it worked, they got a championship, and then other times it hasn't worked. I would like to see, like, uh, if they come back with all four of the guys, Drew, Brooke, Chris, Giannis, I don't know. I mean, I'll, they'll be good. I would, I would need to see, like, a whole new, not just a new coach, like a whole new offensive philosophy. Like, that's the only way. I, I mean, you know, I'd have fun watching them. I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, I would stop watching. I'm going to watch Giannis no matter what. I mean, they could they could put the 15-win bucks around him. I'd still watch 80 games. but Like, they're good, but they, they like, I'm, all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, would they be better than Tatum and Brown? Would they be better than Embiid and, you know, yeah. Harden or who's ever in Philly? They just lost to Jimmy and Bam and Caleb Martin and Max Kyle Street. Lowry, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at. As far as like coach, the discussion that I think a lot of people have is, "Hey, who should be the Nick Nurse? Nick yeah. Nurse." Okay. And I don't know how offensive mind like the guys on the staff are, but you've seen guys on Bud's staff have success. You know Jenkins and Ham to name two right away. Yeah. I don't know much about Charles Lee. the The thing that the only time I I did do an interview in New Orleans radio last year, two years ago, where the guy asked me about Charles Lee because they needed a head coach. <laughs> yeah. And I had no idea that Charles Lee I know. was going to coach. Happens every year. Happen- and there's always some people on, in Bucks media who are like, oh, yeah, I read every all of the yeah. three sentences they put out. I know. But I'm like, I don't know anything about these guys. Taylor so my Jenkins, answer to me, was like, was the, I was like, Taylor Jenkins, that's the guy who holds Bud back. I can't imagine he's going to be a very good – and he's great coach. Okay. My answer was, oh, you know, all the guys on Bud's staff – uh, you know, they, they're very connected, you know, they're, and the phrase I said was in Charles Lee, he's very with the players. Yeah. And I don't even know what that meant, <laughs> but now whenever Charles Lee comes up, people will tweet me like, Oh, he's with the players. He's connected whatever, with the players. Yeah. Whatever that means. But he seems to be like a target. Every yeah. other odds is like two to one, Charles Lee Pistons three to yeah. one, Charles Lee. So I, I but I don't know. Cause I kind of like, I kind of like hiring a guy who knows a little bit about what's up. Like he knows what didn't work and now it's his turn. He knows he's, I'm sure he's got different philosophies. So we're just using Charles Lee in this example. I mean, he's probably the most like qualified or the person that would be that coach. I don't know that I want a brand new guy to come in, try to implement and start from scratch. But I think to your point, just anybody that like wants to score points needs to be the guy. Yeah, I, I I think I think all coaching like analysis or takes from the outside should be taken with a grain of salt for this very reason. I mean, there's I think the Bucks have actually been good about putting Charles Lee out there and like he had an interview with Zora Stevenson and all these things, which is good. I think it helps him. And I think in general the Bucks are very as okay as you can be with like the coaches getting poached. I, I think they're fine with that. I think they know it's that's that's what being a good org is about is you know giving people opportunities they may not have. On your staff, and I think that's cool. Charles Lee, though, I think outside of uh, an assistant year at his alma mater has only been a, a butt assistant. I would prefer someone who had some more outside experience. I think, again, and maybe maybe Charles Lee is, is an offensive guru and we just haven't gotten to see it because he hasn't been in the lead chair. I don't know. And if he is, then that's, I think that's a fine hire. But I think generally you look at Taylor Jenkins, Darvin Ham they are more defensive first coaches and, and more, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way like that. They, there's some booting holes to both of them. I think I know Ham's rotations piss people off. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it is. But you know, did that Russell Westbrook drama tear down the team? No. And that's also a booting holzer thing. And same with the Grizzlies and all their stuff. I mean, they, they stuck together. They just weren't good enough. Um, I would prefer someone probably who had some more outside experience overall, some people have floated Sam Cassell to me. I think that's interesting. Again, I just I don't know that much about. He's been an assistant for a long time. Um, I'm interested in Jordy Fernandez, who's a Kings assistant. He seems like an offensive guru, and he helped them defend the Warriors pretty well in the playoffs, although I know they're not a great defense overall. But I, I don't know that much about any of these guys. I mean, yeah. I think it, it comes down to what Horst and, and uh, ownership and everything sees in the interviews and hears. Um, but I, I think I have no issue with Charles Lee. I hope he gets a Detroit job. I think that would be a great opportunity for him to build a culture there. Um, but I, I just feel like it's important to, for us to say, like, we don't know what we don't know when it comes right. to coaching. I wouldn't be opposed to Nick Nurse. I hate his dumb hats. 
But, you know, if he's going to be the guy who they trust to build an offense here, then I could ride with that, I guess. I'll buy the hat if they win. I'll hate it, but I'll do it. Yeah, I would say which one of us would be more likely to buy the NN hat first? Um, I don't think I ever would. Oh, if they won a championship, I said I would buy it, and I meant I will. I'll buy the NN hat if they win a championship with Nick Nurse. I guess. I guess I'll wear it on a pod. I guess if they won a title. Yeah, we'll we'll be at the parade in our. Hey, Bud won a title, and I like did everything I could to try to look more like him. (laughs) Scruffy beard, crappy hair, fat gut, tired eyes. Yeah, I mean, I I tried everything in that uh, sense. With we talked about this last week, where Giannis and his comments and the LinkedIn post. Yeah, now it's a Nike campaign. It is. Yeah. God. Yeah, it won't die. I know. I had the same reaction. I was like, really? Can we not, Can we just let it go? He avoided criticism for how bad he played yep. in that fourth quarter. And then now, now people I've seen, very light conversation, but enough to you know, talk about it, just us girls, is people are wondering, like, is he as dominant as we thought? Like, if he's as dominant as we thought, should he have not taken over that game? And then it gets back to the mid-range, and it gets back to all this other stuff. But I think that Giannis is the best player in the world. Uh, we could talk about top three if you want. Uh, it's not I, – I do want to say, too, it's not Anthony Davis. I would just like to actually pivot for two seconds to give some Anthony Davis slander because oh. nobody in history can have one good game and then yeah. people crown him as the greatest player of all time, even though they know he will be hurt and then bad. Two games later, well, I don't he, understand. That. It, it's so crazy because he he plays like a top five to seven player, like a third. Harding has a good game one, and people are like, "Wow, that was amazing!" But he'll suck again. With Davis, it's like, "Nope, this is finally it. He yeah. is finally going to be the greatest player ever." He never is. I mean, it's just it, it is. I don't I don't really get it. I don't understand the Anthony Davis experience because I mean the good games are like I, I don't even argue with Anthony Davis people anymore. Because the good games, it's like, oh, I see the vision. Like, oh, my God, he looks amazing. Sure. Like, he's so good when he's good, but either because of injuries or he'll just, like, not get the ball offensively and get a little passive. And it's like, oh, the impact is kind of gone. Um, certainly don't think he's better than Giannis, but at his top end, he's he's a hell of a player. I, I think Giannis is still the best in the world, too. Um, and I think maybe there's more argument that I would hear now than I would have before the series. He also had, what, like 38 and 20 and – Game five, it's not like he went out with 10 points or something. Um, yeah, he was his bad finals in the fourth run quarter. was incredible. Yeah. You know, but then in, in this situation, like, if he could have made one or two more shots or just something, like. Yeah, we might still be watching the Bucks at this point if, if that fourth quarter was just a little less bad from him. I mean, it's really one of his worst quarters in the playoffs, I don't know, since he took out Dunleavy. I mean, since Nets game two, it was it was bad, so. It sucks, but I think it happens to pretty much everyone. I mean, even LeBron had the, you know, J.J. Barea finals moment. I mean, and not everyone is great all the time. Is it a failure if they only win one with Giannis? Because everybody wants there to There are no Giannis. failures in sports. None, not even a single. Everyone wants to connect Rodgers with Giannis. I don't – I think it's different. The teams are different. The league is different. Um but I would like him to win another just so that we don't have to have this. Like, like nobody looks at the Dirk Mavs and says, oh, they should have won too. And maybe yeah. that's what we are. That I think it'd be a failure. Yeah, because I, I think maybe they were at the time, but I mean, I feel like we have higher aspirations for Giannis than where Dirk is historically, which is, you know, ridiculously high. It's not, not trying to shade Dirk here, who's an all-time player. But after Giannis won his first one at age, what, like 27, and he had two MVPs by that point, it's like, okay, he's on GOAT trajectory. That's what we were talking about in 21. Yes. You know, if you only win one in, you know, 11, 10, 11 years in Milwaukee, and hopefully he stays for a lot longer. I mean, if he's here his whole career and only wins one, yeah, I would be disappointed. I mean, you'd certainly hope that a player who at his highest highs is the best in the world, undisputedly, which... I don't think Dirk was ever really, maybe for a few months there in 2011, but not the kind of way Giannis has been. Uh, so I think it'd be a failure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not incomprehensible. It's really hard to win in the NBA, and the East has been fairly loaded for a lot of this run That since the Bucks have gotten good. But, 
you know, I, I would be disappointed for sure. I'm happy we got one. I know there's a lot of people out there. Oh, you just got to be happy. Yeah, I'm happy they got one. But, you know, it's Giannis. Like, I, I, I was, it's a failure. They only won one with Kareem, too. Like, it's doesn't make it not great, but you certainly like more. Um, there was a question that they're going to talk. Sparky's podcast, Green and Growing. And I'm going to steal the question. But I'm promoting it, so it's fine. That seems like a fair trade. They want to ask which playoff loss hurt the most. Oh, I, I answered the poll. I, I want to rank them. I want to rank these. Okay. 2019 Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors, 2020 bubble against the Heat, last year versus the Celtics, and this year versus the Heat. Um, my number one will be – so this is where it gets hard because <laughs> – like with Giannis's stuff, and this is what I brought up to you. The Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors was terrible. The bubble against the Heat was terrible. Yep. But then they won a championship, which I think lessens the blow with the further out you get. So, like with the Packers winning in 2010, you know, there was that wild card game against Arizona or whatever. I don't care about that. Because that was the steps. That's what, yeah. So that's where I get what he's saying. That was yeah. the steps to a victory. Oh, I get what he's saying too. I, I'm sick of hearing about it. I understand oh, what yeah. he meant. I, I don't disagree with it. He can think whatever. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, this year, an absolute failure. Yeah, of course. But, but if but, they use it to then yeah. win a championship. Yeah. So like they, the year against the Raptors, they choked. Yeah. They were up 2 0 and then almost up 3 0 and they choked. But it was on the path to success. So that's why it lessens the blow a little bit for me. But I, I would vote that one. I, I don't want to be like prisoner of the moment, but I really thought that they were going to go to the finals that year. Yeah. I'm voting 2018 against the Raptors first. Uh, I'm putting this one first and that one second. Yeah, this one sucks also. this is I would put this one second. So I, I, think, I think 2019, the Raptors were probably the better team. That's how I feel looking back at it because – I mean, that's still an Eric Bledsoe team. I mean, the Raptors had, uh, obviously, Kawhi, who was the best player in the world at that moment. I mean, that playoff run, he was un- he was godly good. Lowry's pretty good. Siakam's good. Their depth was really good. Marcus Gasol They had the magical run of uh, Van Vliet. Yeah, Van Vliet was incredible that year. And, and I Ooh, just I think felt a lot like, of us called Van Vliet the whole series. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot of people still do, I think. Um <laughs> But I just felt like it was kind of their year. And then it hurt because it felt like a missed opportunity. They were almost up 3-0, and that would have ended the series. And the Bucks kind of fumbled late in game three. But um, I look back and I go, uh, you know, that Giannis, his first real playoff run, first time they won a series was that year, right? And, and I just think, okay, they lost to that team. Kawhi was better than Giannis at that point. I can live with it. And this year, it's like, okay, they were the one seed. And even with Giannis's injury, he came back and they lost two in a row. The Heat didn't have Hero. I mean, Jimmy was banged up. I mean, you just, you can't lose this way. And I almost think, I, I agree with your point on, like, I think Bubble would have been, if they don't win in 21, Bubble could be the worst. Because, I mean, there was a chance that could have been the series that drove out Giannis. That was what it kind of felt like at the time. But now, looking back at the Bubble and them going and winning right away, I think it reduces that one. But this, knowing that this core has won a championship and having to watch them go out in the first round against the A seed as the first seed, I think this is the worst loss in terms of like, it's the least justifiable by far to me. So that's why I have this one first. Like, I think this one will be embarrassing forever. Whereas the other ones are just like, sometimes you lose. Yeah. Historically, this one will be talked about. Yeah. I mean, they had to get even though the the athletic. The seventh best record in the East, they were the eighth seed. So technically, were they an eighth seed? Oh, there we go. I like that. I like that. Let's um, let let's let's uh, muddy the waters and how embarrassing. But so this exactly to your was. the first thing you said, if the Heat go far and win it all, the, be the, this becomes less embarrassing. That's true. It does. It absolutely does. So that's why some people would root, but I don't. I I would rather just see them lose. I, can, I mean, we I could be facing a Heat Celtics final tie, Eastern Conference final again. I mean, it's last year, so and the bubble. That's that happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Um, so the poll was forty-two percent said this year, thirty-seven percent said the Eastern Conference Final against the Raptors, thirteen percent said last year, 
against the Celtics. There's such an out with Middleton's injury that I put that one last. I I, I didn't. I wasn't even. Bubble got seven percent. Yeah, the bubble. Well, the bubble and I think it's. I think it's like it's. It's two levels to this, right? Like it's the two we talked about, and then bubble and Celtics are are like you couldn't put either of those two. I don't think the bubble. The bubble was so weird, obviously, because they had already been like faltering heading into the break. Yeah. And then they come back and they weren't very good in there at all. And then there was, you know, off the court issues that got distracted and yep. still an Eric Bledsoe team, which I just think we have to weight those differently. Oh God, that stupid bubble, which was so great, but I am glad like where we're sitting today. If you told me the bucks have one title and it was in the bubble. Oh yeah. That, that would not be ideal. At least they were able to get it done. So uh, no exit interviews. Here's what happened yeah. with this. Everyone was like, oh, shit, no exit interviews. That's a problem. And now there's the, actually, what's the big deal if they don't <laughs> do exit interviews? You guys are overreacting. There's always the real, there's always the reaction, which is real. Yeah. And then there's the people that try to counter the reaction. Yeah. But to me, it says, like, I know Bud is going through stuff and he's grieving. Yeah. But there needs to be exit interviews. I, I would be fine if Bud was excused even. Like that, I, I get it. Like that's okay. I would, my thing is this, like, like there's eight players I think who can hit free agency. And now This is like when the Packers put out a graphic where they were going to London and Rodgers wasn't in the graphic <laughs> last year. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, what does this mean? By not having an exit interview, People are like, it means nothing. I think it tells me, no, there's changes. That, like, it tells me that. Maybe I'm overreacting, but to me, it tells me that they don't know what's going to be up. They don't know. I, I I don't want to go that far that it's signaling anything. I think – I already did. That's fine. Uh, I would like I would, – I mean, there's two player options. There's a lot of guys with big decisions coming. We really only heard from Crowder, um, who is – frankly, one of the least interesting guys to hear from after the series he had. Um, like Javon Carter, uh, Chris Middleton, of course, Brooke Lopez, like all these guys. Ingles, what's Ingles thinking about? We don't know, which I think sucks. It's going to make this offseason even more like just mysterious and you know more rife for speculation, really. Um, obviously, not to mention Horst and, and what he's thinking right now and how he views this. We just don't know. Um, I feel like the Bucks are just such a closed mouth team as at any opportunity. And honestly, they were just like, yeah, it's a difficult situation for a lot of reasons. We're just going to shut it down. Everyone can go to Cancun or Greece now, which I just think is really disappointing. I mean, I think it was a crappy season. I looked last year, they did the exit interviews. They were all on YouTube. They were all posted. They even timestamped them. And it's like, you know, we heard from Chris Middleton right after he didn't play at all against the Celtics. And he sat there and answered questions. And this year to get none of them with so much up in the air with the core, I do think it's disappointing and just like, you know, really makes it that we're going blind into this summer, which is probably what they want. The Bucks, I feel like, like to operate in this like secrecy mode, but it's very frustrating. It's just going to leave. I mean, I understand why people, like you said, are saying, oh, this means they're going to blow it up because, you know, they're not they're not controlling any any narratives at all. It's just like, yeah, think whatever you want to think, which, you know, it's going to be a, a trade machine filled summer now. And. There's going to be a lot of Nick Nurse posts every day until he figures out where he's going to go. So I don't like it at all. I, I like interviews. People think that media is useless. I had a lot of people saying, oh, we know the series sucked. Like, who cares? Like, let's see what the players think. I mean, it's no one cares what we think they think. Let's see what they actually think. I mean, every time I get here an interview with a player, there's usually something that takes me by surprise a little bit. I mean, these guys aren't robots. Like, they have thoughts we don't expect all the time. And it's important to have these media availabilities to actually get an idea of what they're thinking. I don't think they're useless at all. I'm very disappointed. And I'm to be clear, my, huh? I don't even get to go. Like this isn't a – if anyone yeah, listening yeah, yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, he's upset because he doesn't get to go, I, I don't, I'm not credentialed. I don't get invited. I literally just want to watch like everybody else, and I don't get to, and I think it sucks. Yeah, you were, we're processing this um, loss, and we would like to hear from the players to see how – they're dealing with it. I don't think that that's uh, unfair from fans at all. I'm going to take yeah. one of my parade chairs and set it back up on Wisconsin Avenue because <laughs> I think they should have a uh, not a parade but a walk of shame where we can all shame them for yeah for get the bells out play Game of Thrones had. style. 
they are. They need to be. They need. They need to be. I love when people. They need to be held accountable for what they <laughs> for what they said. Well, it's going to be an awful off season. Yeah. Um, it's uh-huh. going to suck. Maybe it'll be cool, but there's a lot of mystery, and I don't like it. So. Yeah. I'm real bummed, man. I had a whole May planned, and May was going to be fun, and um, you know, I know a bunch of businesses and bars are ready to party, and and now what? Brewers, Brewers watch alongs. I haven't watched a brewery game in three weeks. Uh, I watched a couple. It's been pretty disappointing. I was like, oh, this sucks. There's such an exciting season. It's going to be the Bucks playoff run. I'm not going to get to watch very much until later. And then, like, as soon as the Bucks flame out, like, Garrett Mitchell's out for the year, and they stop scoring runs and winning games. It's like, oh, great, I can watch now. And, and they're a bummer again. I, that feels cruel. That feels really unnecessary by the universe to – you know, give us this like glimpse of the good brewers while we're all busy with the Bucks, and then it's like, yeah, that's over. They're going to score one run every series now. Congrats. Ty Windish. I'm Bar Winkler. Good to chat, buddy. Great to chat. Very optimistic pod. I hope people f- leave feeling really fired up about the offseason in the summer. At least Wisconsin summers are great. At least we still have that, right? Yeah, whenever it starts. <laughs> Come on, Bart. I'm trying to go out on a high note. You're ruining it. I actually don't <laughs> like summer. If it could just oh, be 60 on. degrees every day. I would take that, too. I don't have any friends that have boats. I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> I sweat as soon as it hits 65. <laughs> I'm dripping. I like wearing sweatshirts, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a final today, so I kind of relate to you. I was just, you know, trying to be optimistic for the people. I do have a beach bod though, although yeah. it's the body of a whale and not like a <laughs> not like a thank you, Ty. Yep, thanks, Bite. <laughs> Got a couple of voicemails I want to play. Thanks to our friends at Carl's Place, Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. You can also check that out on the website. Uh, this calls from Alex in Muskego. Now this happened before Bud was fired, but I think the points are still relatively uh, they make sense. It all makes sense. So I'm not playing a voicemail that's going to say, uh, Bud's the best coach ever. Give him a five-year deal. No, no. Here's uh, Alex. Hey, Bart. This is Alex from Muskego calling in again. Just finished listening to your podcast today. Uh, appreciate all the great Bucks content and Wisconsin content. Uh, definitely producing the best Wisconsin sports content in the state right now. So keep it up. Um, I've seen all the recent Twitter trades on uh, the Bucks trying to blow up the team um, online. I'm surprised to hear you say that you wanted to rebuild. Um, my take on that is this is pro sports. Uh, injuries happen. Last year we lost Chris Middleton. Um, we really needed him to beat the Celtics, especially in the half court. Um, so we lost without him. And this year we lost Giannis. I mean, he played 11 minutes in the first three games. And you could clearly tell he wasn't right in game four and five. Um, not just on defense and his shooting alone. He just looked he looked stiff. So, um, I mean, losing your two best players in consecutive years is bad luck. But it's pro sports and it, it happens. So, I'm, I'm willing to give this team a pass. Um, I think they should run it back with the core of their roster personally. Um, everyone on this team is really easy to root for. And I think they do have the best roster in the NBA. Um, as far as Coach Bud, um, I would personally like to keep him. We have the highest winning percentage in the league the last five years with him with seven, at 70%. Um, I do agree that sometimes the team needs a new voice and we're not in the locker room, so this could be the case here. Well, that's the thing to interject. And I'm surprised too. You know, I am surprised that I want to kind of reboot this thing. But I'm looking at what's going to win them a title again. And it's not going to be Coach Bud, obviously. Uh, Who you should have called with that information was Peter Fagan three hours before you called me and John Horst. And so what we're going to find out now is, do the Bucs think that it's Bud who's not going to get them back there, that they just need a new voice and they'll bring everybody back? Or do they need a new coach and a bunch of other stuff? That will be interesting. That will be interesting. Because if they kept Bud, I don't think they bring everybody back. But now that you fired your coach, do you think there's someone else out there or you promote a guy or whatever 
or woman, Becky Hammond's name. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so maybe Charles Lee is the, is the answer. I heard you mention that. Um, but I'd give Coach Bud a pass. I'm surprised he's even coaching after losing his brother. Uh, I know I wouldn't be working. So I'd give Coach Bud a pass. I'd give this team a pass and give it another chance before blowing it up. I uh, still think we have the best roster in the league. Uh, either way, I trust John Horst to make the right decisions here. Um, and I think the franchise is in great shape and everyone should stop freaking out. So enjoy the Bucks and Giannis while you have them and um, stop freaking out and trying to blow up the team. And uh, that's more to the fan group and the fan base in general than you. But thanks again for everything. Looking forward to connecting with you soon. And uh, go Bucks. Cheers. The Bucks are the first team to have the best NBA record during the regular season and win one or less playoff games since the 68-69 Bullets. Uh, so I don't know that they're in good shape. I, I I don't know that they're in good shape. They I think I really think they need to pivot a little bit and try to figure things out here. Uh, and they're going to go ahead and try to do that. What you're going to see also is a lot of takes from national writers, national Twitter. They don't understand. They'll throw out some of those stats. Here's his record. Here's his record. I uh, I mean, if you didn't watch. A lot of people that don't watch the Bucks and maybe watch game five against the Heat at best are going to say that Coach Bud shouldn't have been fired. The Bucks need a new head coach if they're going to win a title again. We have to be going forward. That's the, trick, that's the tricky part about sports. A lot of times we reward guys for what they did. The NFL draft. Are you drafting a guy because what he did in college or what you think he's going to do for you? doesn't matter if he threw 40 touchdowns. Is he going to throw that for you? Oh, this player did great on a cheap contract. Let's give him a big contract now. Was he going to live up to that contract? Bud won a title two years ago. He should coach as long as he wants. The Packers made that mistake. They're The Bucs are doing, first let me say this, then I'm going to yell at myself. The Bucs are doing what the Packers should have done after 2014. It was a loss horrific enough where you had to wipe the slate clean you needed a fresh start. You needed a new direction because the stink of that 2014 loss carried over for the next few years, and here we are still talking about it. They fired McCarthy, which they were always going to have to do to move on. Now, they haven't been to a Super Bowl since. I understand that. But after 2014, that loss was a shell shock enough that it needed to be a change needed to be made. The Bucks could just roll out butt again, say we're fine. I don't believe they would win a title under this way, so they're just getting out from under it now. I understand he won a title two years ago. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Seriously. We have to be moving forward in sports. We are moving forward. You have to move forward. Also, to yell at myself, I'm getting sick and tired of all these Bucks packers conversations and, uh, and, and uh, geez, comparisons. There are two different sports, two different teams, two different histories. I just think... We too easily compare the two. We should be comparing the Packers to the Patriots or the Bucks to the Warriors or the Bucks to the Celtics, but we keep comparing these two teams to each other. And there's parts where you can argue for comparison, but overall, I think the playing field is not level enough. I think it's I think it's a lazy trap to auto, and I do it. I just did it. So I'm going to try not to do it going forward. The Brewers went to Colorado, got swept. 18 and 13 is their mark. They lost three to two, seven to one, then nine to six. I mean, I, I'm just going to be totally honest. I would just be reading box scores if I talked about them. I feel like I'm doing an injustice to myself, but I'm wrapped up in the Packers draft and the NBA. And now the, the Brewers play nine 15 on Friday I'm not going to watch that game. Uh, they play at San Francisco on Saturday night. I'll be watching Warriors, Lakers, and Backlash. On Sunday afternoon, I'll be working at CBS. But I will be watching the game Monday, May 8th against the Dodgers because I will be going live afterwards and live on Mondays throughout the summer. So we'll get back to that then. Also, Ryan Wood will make his Bart Winkler podcast debut from the PackersNews.com website. 
and the Green Bay Press Gazette. That'll be on Monday's show. One last thing I want to leave you with is something that I did. Uh, I filled in for JR Sports Brief on CBS Sports Radio Monday night. Got the call that JR was sick about six. Threw together a show real quick. And the last segment of the show, this aired at 12.47 a.m. local time, is David Shepard was doing the producing, and he's a big hockey guy. And I talked on that show more hockey than I've ever talked ever on the fan uh, because we were talking about the Bruins. And then the Celtics lost the next night at TD Garden. So we kind of did a little, like, quiz. He tried to quiz me on hockey or ask me stuff. And he was trying to figure out why isn't hockey talked about more. And I gave some real, like, redneck answers about why I don't like hockey, but it's it's why I don't like hockey. And we had a little bit of fun with that. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, that'll close things out. Have a good weekend. Bud, wherever you are, you'll be good. You got a pretty hefty severance. Enjoy it. Get a bottle of red, another bottle of red. Take your girlfriend out to a nice meal. Call up Throw Michaels. Watch some naked bicyclers. Everything will be fine. We thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Um, me talking hockey. Have a good weekend. Bart, can I ask you a question, quick question about that? Oh, yeah, please do. So I, you know, I, I, I've, I've talked to JR about this. i talked to you now at this point about this, Gelb. And I've always wondered, is is hockey not talked about enough because national hosts are not making it making a conscious effort to push it out into the, you know, popular sports talk, you know, radio zone? Or is it just a sport that is just not exciting and polarizing enough to talk about if you had to give your best assessment to that? I will say something. I find hockey hard to watch. I like. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's wow. got the puck ever. Wow. So yeah. do, you, do you feel comparable with soccer within that regard? Because obviously, soccer is just as fast paced as hockey because you, there's no breaks. Obviously, basketball, football, baseball, baseball. There's a lot of breaks. Less than less than last year, of course. But I I, I hear you on that. But I just don't think there's any a more exciting game and back and forth than playoff hockey. Now, okay, so this is, I'm all right. I grew up not, I think a big part of it is like what you like as a kid, okay? And I didn't, I didn't never, I never watched hockey. We didn't have a team in Wisconsin. And so I could have been like, oh, I like the Blackhawks. Sure. But I didn't want to do that. Gotcha. Oh, like the, I remember when uh, Fox got, the NHL package in the mid nineties, right after they got the NFL, there was a f- affiliate in green Bay and they were like, all right, who's going to be our team. You know, we show the Packers all the time. They had this big contest about who's going to be the team that we show regionally all the time. And the poll was the red wings. So I watched some red wings hockey growing up and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really have an attachment to them. I sort of got into the lightning for a little bit. Cause we had a family vacation to Tampa, but then I kind of fell out of that. Uh, and then 10 years ago, I'd go to this bar uh, in my hometown, and we would want to watch Brewers April baseball or the NBA playoffs. But this bar kind of turned into the bar where all the hockey guys went, you know, like hockey fans. And so hockey was always on. So we're like, oh, we might as well try to get into hockey. We picked a team. It was the Buffalo Sabres. They have not made the playoffs since. That was 10 years ago. But I still, I, I know everyone tells me, like, playoff hockey, playoff hockey, playoff hockey. And when I watched a little bit of the game last night, because I did turn it on, the the Bruins and Panthers, it was a big enough thing that I turned it on. Uh, but I waited until overtime, I because I did try to watch it a little bit. There, there was nothing else on. I just, and then in the overtime period, I feel like it's very anticlimactic. It's like they're skating, 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 and then boom, goal. It just like happens so quick. I don't know. I just, it's because I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up with it. And I I just can't, I have so many interests that take up so much space in my brain, okay? Uh, I'm a big fan of like the Marvel Universe, okay? I'm a big fan of soccer. I watch wrestling. I've got all these other things, and I can, and it's not just like, Jack of all trades, master of nothing. Like I could have deep, 
I could I could open up the microphone four hours ago and just talked wrestling for four hours without looking anything up or Marvel or soccer or anything. But with hockey, I I just don't know that I have enough brain space for it. To answer your question, I don't know that like I don't know. I mean, you watch the NFL. The the NFL is crafted in a beautiful way, where they play at the end of the week, play at the beginning, couple games to satisfy you throughout practices and storylines. They've got it down in terms of a like sports radio kind of thing, better than anything. Right? The games happen on Sunday. Boom, we're back in on Monday. Okay? You get your football Fridays. You get your fantasy Thursdays. You get it all. The NBA, there's so much drama. And we, the other thing too might be like the NBA and the NHL, they happen at the same time. We see the NBA guys. We're so up close to the NBA guys. Sometimes I think like the fact that they wear helmets. Like, if you really want to break this down, Shep. Sure. I mean, we I, I don't know who anybody is. <laughs> well, and the know, line changes know, happen you know, so you know, fast. You know McDavid. You you know those, you know, you know pasta from Boston. You know. Well, hold on. All right. Hold on. I don't. Is it, honestly, is it Connor McDavid? You being serious? Yes. That is very honest and vulnerable of you because I don't know if national hosts would admit not knowing Conor McDavid because he is the – I would say he is one of, if not the face of the NHL. Yeah, I, I got it right. this year. He's the best player of his generation. He's, I would. Say I don't know. I never watch it. Wow. I have no reason to. So have you heard of uh, Patrice Bergeron? I've heard of Candace Bergeron. Oh, no. So Candace – Candice Bergen, obviously. She's the... She's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Murphy Brown. Who was the other guy? Did you say pasta something? David Pasternak. Yeah, he's he was Boston. I don't know who that is. Okay. And and that's... You know what? And I, I respect your honesty. I, I just think that the Bruins obviously didn't go over well in the postseason. But their regular season was of epic proportions. Okay, maybe... Any, any, maybe there's like a Northeastern thing to this. Okay. I got to... And it's not just me. Dude, nobody around <laughs> me. I'm in Milwaukee. Okay? Right. I'm in the Midwest. All right. Nobody around here. Uh, maybe Blackhawks. I don't know. I didn't know the the Bruins were historically good until they were until they lost game one. I think they lost game one. So you didn't know about the 65 wins and like the hundred and you know thirty. No idea. And, wow. Not a clue. Wow. And you didn't know about like their king, you know, the, the, their head coach. It was a former Kings head coach, and he had like personal problems in L.A. and they ousted him. And no, oh wow, I I I don't know any of it. And see, and it see, never you, comes up, right? And so, but most hosts that I talk to, when I say, "Look, why don't we push this narrative more? Why don't we bring up hockey and actually have conversations about it?" And their answer is, "Well, it's a, it's really talked about in Canada, but no one in America really wants to talk about it on a national perspective." And so. That's really the pushback that I get when I want to bring up hockey and say, well, we, if, we, if we put it out there, there are enough people that respect the game of hockey, love the sport, and will certainly offer opinions. And let's be real about this, too. And I know you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of people in deep places in basketball, so you know the sport very well. But the hockey players, more so than the MLB, more so than soccer, more so than American football, are the most accessible athletes on planet Earth. Okay, I'll give you another. I mean, I'm really breaking it down for simple reasons. Okay? A lot of these dudes are from, like, Eastern Europe the, and Russia. The names are difficult to pronounce, but at the same time, yeah. we also take time to learn foreign languages. Yeah, but I just, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm trying to just, like. I'm trying to help answer the. I'm trying to help answer. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Like I guarantee you, if if, if anyone listens to any kind of national talk show tomorrow, and they talk about Rangers Devils, I guarantee you they're not even going to say the Rangers goalie last name. They're just going to say Igor. Yeah, I can't name one person that played in that game tonight. Oh no, I Patrick Kane's on the Rangers. Oh right? yeah, good. Thank God. Okay. Yeah, you're you're neck of the woods. Three times Stanley Cup champion. Thank God you can name him. Yeah, hey, I got you Kaner. Know, you, know, you know Ovechkin and and, and Crosby. Right, Ovechkin, Crosby. Okay, you know those two guys, and you know like you know like the past greats, Gretzky, Messier, obviously. The first name Martin that Martin. comes to my head is Timu Solani from NHL '95. Oh, okay, so he's he's got to be late forties, I would say. 
You you know you know like Phil Esposito, Marcel Dion, obviously the great uh, the late great Gordy Howe, of course Bobby. I Orr. don't know the second name you said. Marcel Dion. I don't know who that is. Kings. Mm. Wow. Okay. I know like Chris Chelios and Steve Yzerman. That's and, a good one. Yzerman. Uh, yeah. Patrick Roy. Just kidding. <laughs> Funny. Uh, you know Mike Madano. Dallas Stars. All right, not not bad. Not bad. and a lot of people only know him because he was an actor in the Mighty Ducks, by the way, and which eventually mm. they named the team after. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, is there a Tavares? Does he play hockey? Jonathan Tavares. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, is there like a Phil Kessel or something? Yeah, not bad. Okay, it's not bad. Oh, I know the idiot kid that the Sabers drafted, and then he sucked Jack Eichel. He sucked, right? They trade him. Yeah, I mean, like, but the thing is, like, we it, it, we can't say like. I, I just feel like it's one of the four major North American professional sports. No, it's not. There's only three. Okay, so we 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 disagree then on that one. Yeah, there's only. I would say that. I would say that. Uh, like regular season numbers, as many people are watching Premier League soccer as they are the NHL during the regular season, if not more. Yeah, from from a domestic standpoint or international. Domestic. Okay, got it. Like the regular hockey games throughout the week get about three hundred, four thousand viewers regular season. Those soccer games get like six hundred fifty in the Sunday mornings. I hope I helped, Shep. I don't know if I did, but absolutely you did. Yeah, I know nothing. I don't care. What am I going to do? Not get hired by the NHL Network? 